hello welcome back to late to the party with travis tate a two-man panel about all the things that we should have gotten around to already i am jake Dahl, and with me as always is uh i'm travis tate how how, how are we doing tonight everybody <laughs> you know, as, as if uh, everybody in the room is me we're doing okay i'm just in mc mode i guess yeah hey everybody you've been in seeing a lot lately i mc a lot yeah yeah What's your what's your most recent MC? Did you MC the Did you MC the open mic last night, or you just no? I just went. I just needed to go. Stage. I've got like fifteen minutes of new material. I need to work out and get get proper. How's that can, treating you? Uh, it's a process. Is it feeling good? Is it feeling like are you seeing uh, the places you need to work? Are you seeing stuff that you need to drop? What's yeah? I mean, what's the process? When I when I write a new bit, sometimes it'll work the first time and it depends on how long it is. That's also a factor, but sometimes it works pretty quick, but then there's other bits that I've been working on for, I don't know, five years longer. And there's, it's just always missing something. Do you, and you can tell it's just not, it's just not right yet. Do you feel like, you know, when you've got gold, do you feel like, you know, when you've got a whiff of gold that needs to be cultivated? What, what, I do you, feel. Do you feel like sometimes it's I know I've got gold, and then you take it to the stage, and realize, oh, I didn't have gold at all. I had, you know. I think I've developed a pretty decent uh, radar for what's going to work and what's going to not, as far as my jokes go. Yeah. And that's just part of finding your voice in stand up. I think that's one of the things because when I go talk about something, I already know how I'm going to approach it. I know you know, what kind of attitude I want to have, to have about it. If you're going at something and it's say, uh, I don't even remember what the term is for it, but say it's just absurd. It's like an absurdist premise. Yeah. Okay. That is very, uh, hard to figure out if that's going to work or not. So if, you're, if I go off really an absurdist comic per se, no, I mean, I, I throw a little bit in here and there, but like, if I have a character that goes off, like you've seen the, the, the bit about, uh, the guy that chased me through yes. San Diego. Yes. Well, that, that was an absurd, uh, situation. You were in. <laughs> yes. And it's pretty out there and it's true, but yeah, that, wrangling that all on. that together that's a fascinating thing, if I may. That's a fascinating thing about comedy in general is the, you know, uh, uh, Cindy and Gabe and I were watching Hannibal Burris, mm-hmm. and he told a couple of stories, and, you know... People like, say Hannibal? <laughs> and, the, you know, maybe one of the stories Gabe or Cindy was like, oh, that's, that's bananas. I can't believe you did that. I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe it didn't happen at all. It just makes a good bit. Right. So it, it kind of it kind of surprised me when you know I saw you do the the whole crazy guy and in that that's a that's bit. a big long and then rant. finding out yes almost most if not all of that actually did happen. Yeah, there's only one thing I changed in that joke, and that's that's because the truth was actually super sad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that that's a joke where it took me quite a long time to get it right. You have to get the wording right. And it's still, it's not perfect. I mean, it's still, it's, I know one day it's going to clip it, click in my brain and I'm going to realize, oh, that's what it needed this whole time. And that's kind of a funny thing about jokes is you can do them for a long time. And just when you think you've got it right where you want it, you'll always figure out a way to make it a little bit better. Yeah. I was, I was actually just thinking when you mentioned that, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I, I, you may have already kind of answered it was, uh, do you feel, did you get to a point with jokes where 
you were able to let go of whether or not they were succeeding right away? Do you get a po- get to a point where you tell the joke and it kind of falters and you don't really take it hard anymore? You just go, well, I just haven't got it yet. Which, or just do, do you, would you say you you still fear bombing or do you, have you maybe settled into a point where you realize like, there's just going to be nights where it doesn't work out and I'll have another night coming up uh, in the next week or so. So who cares what happened tonight? I honestly get more nervous to go up at an open mic for three minutes of brand new material than I do going up in front of a sold out crowd. So is it maybe more situational with a, with where, a famous person on where the show? you have, is it maybe more situational where you have nights like where you don't care so much about bombing or is it there are nights where like, Oh, my family's here or someone who might help me reach a higher tier of my career is here. No, I just, I, I don't want to like sound cocky or anything. But on a on a sh- like a weekend show, I I'm pretty confident that I'm going to do well because I know that material, I know what works, I know what doesn't, I know I can kind of tell yeah, this crowd's a little more rowdy. They're going to want a little bit rowdier joke, so or this crowd looks like they're a little more conservative. Yeah, I better was- taper it back. So I kind of <laughs> know, especially like who I'm going to open for. When I opened for Joey Diaz, I knew. You know, my squeaky clean stuff probably wasn't going to do as well as my PG-13 type stuff. So that's what I did that but night. But you also have some cases where guy, but, guys will ask you to go super clean when they're super right. dirty. Like Lovitz wanted me to go super clean, so I went super clean, and it, it went just fine. Yeah. But with, <laughs> with open mic, it is primarily, at least the room is 50% uh, open micers. I forget. Did you say that um, Lovett was dirty? Yeah, he was dirty. Do you think that the crowd was surprised? No. No? You think no. they were ready for it? Yeah, I think so. Ready for the old pickle tickle? <laughs> I think there there might have been some people. I don't I don't know, honestly. It was a rated R show. Yeah. They had a rated R rating. So oh, okay. Anybody that bought a ticket probably saw that so, rating. Because that, that was at the, the main Wise Guys, right? That was at the downtown the one, downtown. yeah. And those are always going to be 21 over shows, right? Yeah, the so even, downtown so and Jordan that, Landing. Beyond just being uh, always 21 and over, they will also advertise, like, by the way, you 21-year-olds, this is also going to be a you-need-to-be-21-year-old content show, too. Yeah, because there are some people, like uh, the people that were at Jordan Landing last week. I'm not even going to say who it was, but they're local. And people left going, I thought this was going to be a family-friendly show. And it's like, it's a 21 and over club. So if you're you telling me in Utah people maybe weren't ready for a slightly dirty show? That doesn't sound like the Utah. It's actually not that common. So when it does, it's not like it. Huh. Well, okay. It really isn't that common. At a comedy club, I think you, a lot of people. That was at Jordan Landing. But isn't Jordan Landing, isn't that the one? That's that 21 and over also. Is it always 21 and older? It's always. Yeah, it's is a it bar. The Ogden? It's one? got a bar a bar license, just which like one's downtown. The one that, which one's the one that will do all ages? Ogden is all ages. Ogden's, yeah. Okay. Well, my bad. And for the most part, the, the shows up there are uh, pretty family, family friendly. Mm-hmm. Unless sometimes like uh, a famous person like a Polly Shore. Burt Kreischer's done a show up there. Okay. You said Polly Shore. I was like, I'm afraid I need you to refer to an actual famous person. <laughs> Polly Shore is still pretty famous. No, I know. I know he's a, he's a draw. He's a draw. Yeah, he definitely is a draw. Although, keep him away from the juice. <laughs> You're definitely, he's going to bring in a draw, but if you let him near the juice, he will going to lose it. money on that. He will wheeze it. Yeah. yeah. Wheeze the juice. But so, you, 
you you feel pretty comfortable. You know what material work. And if yeah. things if things do happen to go south, you do know you can always point out a young girl in the audience and tell her that she should go learn how to be an Imagineer at Disneyland, and you'll get the crap right back. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was a pretty good pop. It. I love that. That. <laughs> that knowing it was coming up, and here's the young girl like he's gonna. He's gonna totally own the crowd right now. That that just came into my head. I wasn't planning on. Uh, oh, but it, it just it won pandering. so it won so hard. <laughs> you should have seen the girl's face. She was like, "I can do that." Oh, really? That was the look on her face. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that about it. I just so maybe she'll become an Imagineer and someday like she'll to go. That episode that some really guy fun. told me to do it. That was really fun, and the uh, the pigeon bit was the pigeon bit was really good. Yeah. <laughs> That worked out pretty good, but yeah, uh, it's it's the unknown of a of a open mic because it's brand new stuff. I know it's not ready yet, but you got to do it. That's the only way you can get. Is there any jokes part of ready? You gets excited to throw it out there, just see like yeah. I mean, fun, that's that's like, what the nerves are from. Even like the, even the bombing of it is like oh boy, well you know just right. kind of the excitement of giving it a try. I mean, I still get butterflies on a regular show. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like if you don't. You just don't care, probably, or you're not loving it anymore. You need to take a break. But yeah, I when I get more nervous at an open mic, it's it's the unknown and it's the excitement of I hope it works. Maybe it doesn't. I'm gonna find out what works and what doesn't. So I mean, it, it's very trial and error with jokes, and sometimes you have to do them hundreds of times before you even get a laugh out of it. Wow. That, see now, and that's that's an interesting thing of having. And my bits are longer. My bits can be minute and a half, three minutes. So you, sometimes a little longer than that. You've given up on material before, right? Uh, I don't really give up on any material. I so just you've never keep just it in a notebook. Dropped something. Mm, so I was going to be curious. To, no, you just said you've maybe gone through something a hundred times and just still not quite found the polish. And I was wondering if there, if you have a any kind of barometer for like when is the right time to drop something. I don't drop it because. Mostly what I talk about is stuff in my real life that I that I think is funny. Yeah. And sometimes, even if I just set it on a shelf, you know, in a, in a book somewhere, sometimes I can bring back just a little essence of that and plug it in somewhere else. So okay, I don't so I don't just throw it like away. You, you might not drop a joke. But I you file might, it. You might set it away for spare parts. Right. Okay. Like as an example, that uh, a couple episodes ago we talked about when I got sent to the principal's office because i was quoting elf yes that's a bit that i've tried a hundred times and it just doesn't work but i know it's funny it's funny to me so somewhere down the line i'm going to be able to use that in a joke eventually elf has to come back (laughs) right i mean maybe that's part of it but it's also cgi elf though it is I mean, it, it eventually it will. Oh. I mean, th- this is not something that's nah, got to be a happens, puppet. It will eventually be a CGI Alf. I think Alf was great as a puppet. He was so hairy. Sure. sure. He didn't look He's foamy fun. or anything like that. Well, maybe his it's nose. Like, I, we were talking earlier about uh, the sensation that is sweeping the nation that is gritty. Hey, you, you, you know, you know who looks like Alf? Who? Uh, Jason Schwartzman. I noticed that watching something we're going to talk about later. Okay. So have you have you seen Gritty? I have not seen Gritty at let me, all. Let me real quickly bring up a picture of Gritty. I wouldn't say he looks like Alf per se, but uh, <laughs> he looks more like uh, Cookie Monster on a bad meth bender. Oh, all right. I can hardly wait. 
He is the he's the new mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, <laughs> he's he's kind of an endless source of like joy. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. He kind of looks like something from Labyrinth. He 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 looks like Labyrinth, but we didn't we didn't quite make him. He he is absolutely creepy, but he's not <laughs> quite creepy enough for Labyrinth. He looks like a bong and a hacky sack had a baby. He looks like if you opened up the David Bowie cod piece, that was what would jump out at you. <laughs> He's got a long, stringy orange beard. But his name is Gritty. And th- Gritty. those eyeballs are the googliest. Oh, do they Google? Yeah, they Google. Ooh, that's nitty gritty <laughs> so right there. He, he made his debut. He has been uh, well known for falling on the ice a lot. Not, wacky. Not in a comedic fashion, just in a... Wacky. Like oh, he came out he's to, just bad at it? And, yeah, seemingly. Huh. So they have to uh, drag him off the ice. It probably <clears throat> leaves like long orange fibers all over the yeah that, <laughs> the ice. That thing's got a shed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a so, weird looking mascot right there. Watch out, Jazzbear, you dirty bastard! There's a new Jazzbear holds annoying. up. I don't like the Jazzbear. You don't like the Jazzbear? I don't like mascots. Did we go over my story of why I hate mascots? I don't believe so. Um, <clears throat> Jazzbear's pretty classy. First of all, I, is I was classy? there for his birthday, and all the mascots throughout the whole league showed up for his birthday. Uh, I don't think. And they that, had a slam dunk contest. I don't think that acquits him. Off a trampoline. Did the yes. mascots did slam dunks like off a tramp off a trampoline? And the Jazzbear won. The what? The Jazzbear. It sounds like the fix was in. I I don't think so. I mean, it was it the same arena as the 2002 ice skating fiasco with the was it the russian judges what don't you remember that no the canadian team won because the i think it was the russian judges rigged it or something oh, like that yeah i kind of remember that was the same building <clears throat> but i think i think he won fair were and square were there two bear judges i mean i think the little little miniature bear was there <laughs> i don't know if he was a judge is that is that that's a thing they have I yeah they have a little tiny bear jazz in a long time i felt like they had a girl bear for a while but maybe that was something I feel else. like back when i followed the jazz that the jazz bear was sort of thought of locally as the guy is kind of a prick oh huh. I, I don't know regardless the story being uh, i saw i saw the jazz bear driving on i-215 here once on a motorcycle Head on and everything. Yeah. Was driving down the road on a highway in full costume on a motorcycle. I wonder if that was a promotion or if that guy is really just that into his. I mean, this was like ten years ago, but it was insane. Like, how can you check your blind spots? I don't know. Apparently, he's just that good. <laughs> I guess. I mean, when you're wearing a motorcycle helmet in general, that can become a little. I don't do drugs, so I know I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like people are going to go, are you sure you saw I definitely saw it. Are you sure you saw the jazz bear or just a very hairy gentleman? No, it, was a, it wasn't that kind of bear on a motorcycle. It was the jazz bear. So the reason I hate mascots. All right, let's get to it. Was uh, a long time ago, I was at a Utah Trappers game the local baseball team before they became the Salt Lake Bees. They were partially owned by Bill Murray. Yes, I met I, I yeah, I met I met Bill I met Bill, Bill Murray because of that. Boy, I was tripping over that. I was so excited. I think I I, I could have swore I had talked about this before. I think just, I think my we brother talked was about a bad yeah. boy yeah. and Bill Murray was there for a game and he was nice enough to come over and talk to us briefly. And he was much nicer than he had any any reason to be for my mom who was fanning out really hard. She <laughs> she tried I, I 
again, I forgot if I told this, he, uh, my mom invited him to come over to my grandma's house for <laughs> dinner that night. Is that before he was doing parties? Being yes, wacky yes, Bill Murray? this was pre that. This was pre that. Uh, she asked him if he would come over. He said, well, what's she serving? And she oh. said, fish. <laughs> and he said, well, I can't make it, but have her save the eyeballs for me. <laughs> and then he stood while my mom took some pictures and was saying stuff at him. My brother said that he had his arm around my brother and was smiling really wide. And my, again, my mom was just fanning out, just so excited to have Bill Murray there. And he's got his arm around my brother, and he threw a smile. I would keep telling my brother, I have no idea what she's saying. Just keep smiling. Just keep smiling. I don't know what your mom's saying. I'm just agreeing with her. Yes, yes, agreeing with her. So he was nice. That is not why I hate mascots. Okay. The reason I do hate mascots, I don't even remember what the mascot for the Trappers was. I do remember, however, sitting in the stands and... Was it a Trapper? Like a guy wearing furs? Probably not. Probably not. Probably <laughs> knowing the trappers, they probably just bought a secondhand mascot. Costume. It was a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a. Uh, I was just watching the game, enjoying it, and I felt a cold spray. And mere milliseconds after that cold spray started to hit me, and my mind registered, what that what that cold spray? A blur shot past me. And then that cold spray turned into a drench. Oh, no. The mascot had run past me, and in running past me, kicked a beer over behind me onto me, <laughs> and then leapt onto the field. Oh, I thought it was going to be a squirt gun. No, it was a, it was a full <laughs> cup of beer that got kicked onto me. And uh. I, was, I was mad. I was young, so beer getting poured onto me really sucked. <laughs> so, again, n- nonplussed. Nonplus, but I think in my young mind, I also understood accidents can happen. The reason I definitely hate mascots is for some reason, some, someone from the Trappers brought the mascot up to me. To apologize? You would think. <laughs> he, can, he, he did the thing, you know, because they can't talk. He did the thing where he pointed at the beer and then pointed at me and then pointed himself and went, uh-uh, 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 and kind of... He failed to take responsibility. Yes, he Ugh. failed to take responsibility, and that is what—that's what, that's what ma- mascots embody for me. Man up, mascot. Man up. They're a kiss cam in a costume. They suck. I think mascots are like the super obnoxious person that was in yes. your school that would never shut up. During yes, it's like how the. I'm kind of describing how I was like in school. Police, actually, I probably should have been a mascot. Be cops, the obnoxious <laughs> ones, grow up and be mascots. That's right. The. Depressing, hateful ones grow up and be podcasters. <laughs> like any kid that bought a uh, one of those little hand shock thingies, yeah. the hand buzzers, and like tried it on a hundred people, probably became a mascot. Those hand buzzers they even work, really? I don't know. I've I've bought one. Do you know what works though? What? Uh, those pins. Chinese finger. No, the pins where you you click it and it shocks you. Those oh, really? work really good. Have you have you ever played the shock game? Yes. We have it. Adore that thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we took it up to Park City and played it. Anytime, we haven't played it since. But Anytime at a, I'm at a party and someone brings that thing out, I am so excited. It's kind of like roulette, right? Is that the same one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it, there's like a base to it and everyone has like a little thumb thing. And it's got like a little telephone cord thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, little cords yeah. that go into it and, it and it makes 
The, also, like the sound it makes is so because it's like no 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 yeah it raises your and then like it'll flash and everyone has to hit the button and the last one gets shocked. It gives you such uh, what's the word I'm looking for anxiety. Ex- yes, but it's anxiety. really fun. anxiety. It is funny, but yeah, it just it makes your heart just start thumping. Yeah, I love it. It is pretty I adore fun. It. I think it's so much fun at parties. I was thinking about that the other day actually. Yeah. Well, let's get into some stuff. You know what? I think, you know, we should we should address the elephant in the room, or perhaps you would say the simian in the room. The simian in the room, because apparently oh, our one. lives are only devoted to Monkey King related <laughs> things. You, uh, uh, we are kind of like true believers of the Monkey King at you, this point. <laughs> I go long for Wukong. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, uh, you. Uh, that reminds me. In episode twenty-one, one of the notes is going to be. Uh, what is it? Wu Kong clan ain't nothing to monkey around with or something. Like that. <laughs> I also forgot to mention <laughs> the show. Notes. This is episode twenty-two. Yep, episode twenty-two. All right, let's start the show now. All right. Lemon squeezo. I hope you like our new our music. You. We've got intro and outro music. Yeah, that's fun. I like it. It's a. You've done excellent work. I can't remember the name of the band now. Oh. It's on Uh-oh. my phone. We're I can pull my licensing. phone out and look. It's Blue Wave Theory. That's it. Blue Jeez. Wave Theory. Thanks for your awesome surf yeah. music. We'll put that up at the end anyway. But uh, again, you hit me up. You're like, you, you would. <laughs> the funny thing is, you told you had told me about Journey to the West and saying, "Hey, there's a Jackie Chan movie <laughs> called Journey to the West." And you, you I got confused. On, you hit me up on Hulu, or you hit me up and you're like, "Journey to the West is on Hulu." And I'm like, oh, okay, well, consider it watched. And it was like a day later, I sat down to watch it, and you texted me almost immediately, this isn't Jackie Chan at all. <laughs> Jackie Chan is in one called The Forbidden Kingdom. Oh. That's where I got confused, and it's also got Jet Li in Forbidden Kingdom. Is, is that, is that, that one, Journey to the West takeoff? Yeah, it's, it's, so it's got the here. Monkey King in it. It's a I, similar story. I looked up... Uh, That's looked the one up we a, talked about. I told you it was kind of young adult type of... Where they pulled a kid from New York City and oh, he's the, he yeah. became the chosen one or something like that. But Journey to the West, yeah, it does not contain Jackie Chan. Not, oh, that's But it come. is. I looked up a list bananas. of. Bananas. Because to try self preservation that we don't make this entire podcast about just Monkey King related things, <laughs> I looked up how much media there is and I didn't. I you know there are a lot of comics and a lot of game references, but that stuff's a little more a little more nebulous, a little more. You know, references right. and things like that, rather than you know, there there are some games that are like definitely takeoffs, but uh, Monkey King in this one is kind of a dick. He is, he is the worst. He is a bad dude. But uh, Wikipedia they call has him the their, Demon King in this one. Yeah, I don't he, know if I don't know if they call him the Demon King in the other ones, but man, he well, is he's, bad. He's, he's rascally. Yeah, King. yeah, that's what that's what I like about the Monkey King. He's not he's a rascal. He doesn't really do anything. Bad. But not in this. He is yeah. he's nuts. Wikipedia has their the total at 34 movies based on Journey to the West and wow. 15 television programs. Is that more or less than let's say Hercules? I'll bet Hercules is more. There's a lot of Hercules out there. <laughs> Especially when you get into like old movies, Hercules was running the running the room. I think the Monkey King is kind of like uh, Hercules in China, though. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. Cause I he, feel like at this point I need to actually check in and read the Journey to the West story. 
because uh, I had thoughts on Journey to the West that... Uh, I wonder if it's actually a book that was written, or is it just stories that were passed down I believe it is. Let me, let me look at this time. at the top here, because it says, uh, Journey to the West, one of the four great classical novels of Chinese literature... I mean, they was, do have books that go back thousands of years. So. Yeah, well, was written in the 16th century and attributed to Wu Chang'en. Hope I got even close to that. Stories and characters were widely used, especially in the Beijing opera, and has been adapted many times in modern film, television. Ooh, I'd love to see an opera about the Monkey King. <laughs> well, maybe next time. Uh, but I was surprised. Journey to the West, 2013 film, surprisingly brutal. Yeah. Not not necessarily bloody. I mean, there's something to be said about that, but that's in a few years. Like, when it opened with a child murder, <laughs> I was, you, you know, because... I mean, that was a couple minutes in. There were there are rules. And they te- it was one of those things well, where they tease well, that the kid's going to get Set aside the eaten, child murder part. And then they save the kid, like, twice. The, the, and then they the, don't. The Jaws-ass opening where the child is laughing where her, while her father's dragged around by a river demon. I was then, about an hour ahead of you, I think, watching this. Yeah. We watched it the same night. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but, yeah, I think movies have kind of set out rules of things... Like, uh, you know, we don't kill kids. We don't kill dogs. Not in China. Yeah. They kill kids all the time that there. Kid, that kid rather unceremoniously is murked. Yeah. But, by uh, a giant fish. By a which, biggest fish. And you don't know this till the end. With kind of little doggy arms. I did not see the tie-in of that fish to the other Monkey King movies that happened at the very end. So is the fish supposed to be kind of the blue guy? Yeah. So I, I didn't know the blue guy was a fish. Well, I kind of I kind of got the the feeling with the uh, the wild boar that they fight. Yeah, this movie's like, insane. I mean, we we could talk about it for an hour. We probably shouldn't. We've got a lot to get to, but this movie's crazy. I I got the same. You know, I got the. It was weird watching the uh, the pig part. That's kind of the analog to Beji and uh, Monkey King. Because he's not good in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. And that part's pretty uh, gruesome, actually. Yeah. A lot of dead bodies. It's pretty gross. So I guess But it's also hilarious. It was circumventing it it was circumventing my expectations in these characters that I know from another series based on it that do not act the way they're supposed to act in my canonical (laughs) version. Uh, but yes, it is also where it sir where it succeeds where the monkey king movies kind of fail for me is it doesn't hit about the halfway point and become really boring for a while yeah it just it, there was a lot of action in it a lot of good fight scenes a lot of good action there's actually some scenes. decent humor in it um kind of a, <laughs> a, a a scene that portrays consent poorly <laughs> consent which one the part where they're captured by quote unquote bandits and they try and get them to do it in front oh of, yeah and it's a ruse for her <laughs> the 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 character the female character miss duan it's a weird combination who of I actually i she I mostly she, liked played by yeah. Kishu, I believe is her name. Well, she's super strong and like confident and yeah. competent. But then is so, <laughs> so devoted to getting a husband and she's chosen the new monk character. Yeah. Which is just. And it's weird. It doesn't. It's, it's like, it's, it's creepy. like two different characters. It's yeah. I, I, I really liked her initially and I kind of. Because when really, she fights, she's like, whoa, get out of her way. Well, when she's initially 
introduced, she is very competent and very uh, confident. Right. And, and very dismissive toward him. And then yeah. all of a sudden she goes boy crazy instantly. And it gets weird. And then it, it gets, it, <laughs> it sort of dips into the, th- the same thing that we don't care as much about the monkey King movies where the monk is the monk will, you know, I believe the term we, we came up with was, uh, it's not bros before hoes. It's uh Buddha's before booties <laughs> or Buddha's before Buddha's. He's very, uh, true to Buddha. Yeah. Movie also had a uh, Galactus Buddha. Galactus Buddha was pretty cool. <laughs> when you ke- it kept zooming in on his hand, I was like, "Oh, that's, that's actually kind of cool." Hand, that hand can't possibly get any. Be- oh wait, it's getting bigger. That hand can't be. Wait, it's getting like. <laughs> uh, and and w- how do you even explain where this movie goes? Because it it's the, the it kind of demon. The monk's an aspiring demon hunter. It's kind of a prequel to the Monkey King, if you think about it. It didn't endear me to. It didn't endear me to the Monkey King. That was the hard thing. Is that the, it has the, nothing to do with the, the Monkey King that we know and love. The three biggest assholes in the whole movie. You're supposed yeah. to be like, oh, they're a band now. Yeah, but he kind of. I mean, at the end, the Monkey King gets the the crown that allows the monk to control him. Yeah. I I guess I have to assume there's some cultural stuff there that I'm not really on the same level with. Hmm. That some of the some of the aspects of the story of. Because, you know, in the end, the Monkey King tricks him and basically kills everyone. <laughs> yeah, he does. So many characters that were introduced just got I have by. a giant foot. That uh, guy. Giant foot guy. Giant foot guy was disturbing. It was weird because he had a tiny foot and then it became giant foot. <laughs> and he would there just was, step on things. Uh, there was the, the sickly guy. Boy. The sickly guy with the flying and swords. Beast boy. Oh yeah, Beast Boy. Yeah, that one was actually kind of cool. Yeah, I guess I in a, in a perfect world there would have been more just kind of adventures with all those guys, and less of the really creepy. So much bad stuff with the band of bandits of trying to coerce <laughs> the monk into getting it on with her. It was never meant to be, and and it wasn't. And in the end, then and then like I said, the Monkey King. The Monkey King's a jerk. He. Uh, he is trapped and he helps them. He but you hates find Buddha. He super helped them just to get out and kill everyone. Yep, and he does. And turn into a giant gorilla, not a monkey. True. Gorillas are Gorillas, apes. Not monkeys. That's right. Turned into a giant gorilla. Which was kind of cool, though. I'd like to Neil deGrasse Tyson that moment a bit. He was still like a flea compared to Galactus Buddha, but. Oh. It was still kind of cool. <laughs> that whole Galactus boot of just all he was doing is put his palm down. And it's getting closer, and everything is burning. I'm like, Buddha, I think I think maybe you're getting some bad collateral damage here. I think there were some villages that you took out just trying to press your hand on this little monkey dude. Maybe you know for and how Buddha big his, still looked like a statue. That for was how big thing. his hand was, a single finger probably would have got the job done. Yeah, that's true. At any rate, uh, Journey to the West. If you like. Uh, if you're a big fan of crazy action but not a fan of consent, the monkey can or excuse me, Journey to the West is for you. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I really would have liked to have seen Miss Dwan treated better, developed better. It, it was a weird character because, like I said, it would it was almost like Wonder Woman, and then Fangirl. It it was one or the other. It would be like if Wonder Woman took breaks from. Uh, 
from trying to find <laughs> the bad guy, being obsessed with the bad guy, to like get the rest of the troops to try to and become like a valley girl. Steve Trevor, that he's got to, to- totally take her to Pound Town, <laughs> trick him into trick him, you know, ruse Pound Town. Maybe that's what the journey to the West is. It's a reference <sighs> to Western to West, culture. Have higher standards. I mean, you know, I suppose there's room for that. That I just don't understand. You know the culture of it but it just didn't come off well in that regard so but there are also two sequels to the movie so maybe they maybe which they i haven't been themselves. able to find streaming so no yeah in which and again the big thing at the end of it is the fish demon at the start who eats a eats a like five-year-old girl uh the pig demon who slaughters hundreds at the very hundreds if at very least a <clears throat> an aspiring young couple and the Monkey King, who kills everyone, at the end are supposed to be the band of heroes that are with the the monk. Well, that's how the Avengers started, right? Mass murders and then... Oh, wait, no. That's not how they I mean, started. I guess it maybe gets into sort of like... I guess they're like the Suicide Squad of China. I was just thinking that maybe it's closer to like the traditional grim fairy tales when you find out like, you know, Cinderella had stuff like <laughs> the stepsisters cutting parts of their feet off to fit into the... Maybe it's just that they... They didn't. They didn't Disneyfy it. They're like, no, these things were dark, and we're gonna we're gonna roll dark. I think they did that in the the new Cinderella live action. I think one of them cut their toes off. Really? Yeah, to fit into the slipper. And then they noticed the reason that because they're like, oh, we found her, we found her. And then they noticed blood dripping from the shoe. <laughs> gross. It is a little gross, but apparently, I think it's funny because I just laughed. <laughs> so let's talk about another. Uh, it's a movie that. I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has seen and loved for years. I've never seen it before. It's been out for 10 years. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, you, you watch Scott Pilgrim versus the... Is it the Versus the World? That's what Yeah, it, is, it just right? started streaming on Netflix, so, so I checked you, it out. you just stumbled upon it? You were just... Uh... I mean, it's one I always meant to get to, but I just had never watched. And it was streaming on Netflix, so I checked it out, and man, it was a lot of fun. Never, it really was. Never watched the... Uh, or, excuse me, never read the comic it's based no. on... It's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. I had read that, you know, I I had had a brief dally, not a brief, yeah, brief dalliance, I guess, in my life where I was way into comics. Not just, you know, things like I'd read a lot of Marvel, but mm-hmm. I was I was reading a lot of comics in general. And uh, before the movie, Scott Pilgrim caught my attention and read the whole thing. And it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty uh, close adaptation. I kind of watching it thought it would be cool because we have musicals as a genre, it would be cool. And I know this happened 10 years ago, and if it was going to happen, we would have seen it by now. But it would be cool to have a genre where basically video games in real life is a normal thing. Just like people breaking into song well, is a normal thing in a musical. Um, there was that movie called Pixels. Are you sure that's what you want? I never actually saw Pixels. <laughs> I started watching... Gabe wanted to watch Pixels, and we watched about 10 minutes and he said you can turn this off (laughs) so uh i will say that's also an alien invasion as yeah that's not just oh okay you know we're gonna fight now okay you want the super mario brothers movie yeah but i don't want it to be oh we found this portal in the sewers because we're trying to fix a pipe that broke like it's just there's an end the game master the live version I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason to why she's got uh, seven evil exes. There's no rhyme or reason to why 
uh, Scott Pilgrim has powers to fight them. And I think Scott Pilgrim... And it, I liked it. Yeah, I don't need a rhyme or reason. I would say Scott Pilgrim is kind of, kind of what Ready Player One is with decent restraint, for the most part. Except that is also going into... I mean, it's not a bunch of licensed uh, stuff, but they're, right. they're, they're referencing... They're kind of referencing a bunch of stuff without like saying, well, you know, they're, you know, they're having analogs to a lot of pop culture without having but they're go- the, they're the going actual in, thing. They're going into a virtual world to do it. Scott Pilgrim is just every day. They're just trying to get through the day. They have a band. They don't really have jobs. I mean, except Aubrey Plaza has 10 jobs apparently. But yeah, just the fighting. You know it, who I adore? was funny. There, there are several people. Who I adore in that movie. I will say, uh, as far as the adaptation goes, Michael Cero, if we're talking just strictly about adaptation, not a great Scott Pilgrim, but I really like Michael Cera in that movie. He's my Scott Pilgrim, because yeah. I've never read the comics. <laughs> uh, the the comics... The There's comics, a lot of talent in that movie, though. The comics Scott Pilgrim is more of a dick. Where Michael Cera is... Michael Cera, I mean... Hey, no, no surprise. Michael Sarah's the lovable loser. Stock and trade is kind of innocence, kind right? Of innocent naivete. But I will say, for one of the probably, uh, you know, he's not my favorite. But if I were a discerning person, probably my favorite should be Kieran Culkin. Is really great in it. Yeah, he's pretty good. He almost reminded me of like early Robert Downey Jr. You're not wrong. That's that's kind of what it, it came off to me uh, as. I watched it with Gabe recently, and the part where uh, Scott comes home to tell him about how his date went, and he tells him not to tell people, and he turns around, and he's already asleep with the phone, having <laughs> texted people. Texted his sister. But I, I guess I will say the true, my true love of that movie, that movie is the movie I fell in love with Chris Evans. Yeah, he killed it. <laughs> he is. I love that part of the movie. I thought Brandon Routh was funny in it too. Brandon Routh is great in it, like pretty. And then Brie Larson. I don't know that anybody. Captain is bad. Marvel's in it. I don't know that anybody is bad in that. She movie. had Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Superman in that I think, movie. I think all around, I just really like that movie. Yeah, it's for, good for me. I soup to nuts. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'll have to watch it again. Even hey, by the way, Craig out there, see, there is things that I like. But uh, yeah, Jason Schwartzman reminds Jason me of Schwartzman, Alf. Jason Jason Schwartzman really good in that movie too. <laughs> yeah, w- when he's got the long hair, he looks like Alf because he's got the mole like like Alf had. I don't know. Do Do you know who the, the big guy? Nose. Do you know who the guy who was the first boyfriend was? No, just the Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that was funny though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Oh boy, I love that movie so much. Good, I I like the music in it a lot. And uh, what was her name? The girl who's the drummer for Sex Bob Om. I really liked her. Yeah, she was funny, but the the girlfriend. Uh, we just talked she was, about her last week. She Mary, was in Arrested Development, right? Mary Elizabeth. No, Lewis. not her. Not her. No, I know who. You that mean is. the young the young girl? No, one of her evil exes that was a girl. The girl that was her ex. Let me. I let think me look she at this was she was in Arrested Development with Michael Sarah as Michael Sarah's. No, girlfriend that's not, that's not her which one and she almost ended up marrying job job bluth <laughs> she was a uh, thing is it's all named so i have to it's funny that i can't remember her character's name because that's basically the the character is well yeah aubrey plaza's in it she's good in it you forget you it's, forget her name it's kind of like because Aub- they called her like potato or spud or something like I don't that. Remember. aubrey plaza in it is like it's kind of the first 
contact I had with the Aubrey Plaza kind of like that's she's really good at being that right and she's also like <laughs> man in Parks and Rec she's more like uh, I don't care but yeah she was I aggressive and strong in this one the the Knives Chow character didn't necessarily age very well but you know what are you gonna do at first I didn't like that character but then by the end I mean they I have was, a, I thought it was good when she came and started fighting, I was like, okay, yeah. good for you. You know, it, it's maybe not the portrayal that I'm happy with, but they're trying to say something with it, I think. <laughs> you know, I can't find... I can't find. They were trying to make up for Journey to the West. That's okay. It's not important. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, again, I adore that movie. Chris Evans, who who just, I think it was today, put yeah, out it was a tweet today. basically saying he's done being Captain America. It said... He has enjoyed playing the character for the last eight years. And thank you to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, everyone who has watched it, enjoyed the movies. Thank you for the memories, Chris. And I think it's a swerve. You think so? I, I am... I will say I am 100% sure it is not a swerve. He is done. He is done at least for a while. I would say for a while. And I thought for sure he was going to die until this, until this tweet today. And that really? makes me think that's way too obvious <laughs> that they're messing with us. But, but death, death, I mean, it's Marvel. Comic books, Marvel and DC's particular, are known for deaths are completely meaningless. That's true. No, 100%. Especially considering all those characters are going to come back to life yeah, in I, Avengers 4. I guess you could say that, the, I guess that's a weird thing coming up to it is... Even him saying he's going to be done now is like, well, you know, he's told a very small portion of the quote unquote Captain America history. So it feels it feels weird when you're thinking of it in, in the sense of all the stories that they can go into. But it's just it's a series of movies They he for a normal human being. He's done a lot already. I think he's at least done for a while, like you said, yeah. whether he's done for can, good. I don't know. They can still kill him and bring him back later. That's true. But I don't I don't know that he necessarily dies now. I was leaning toward. Captain America dies, but now I'm wondering. They need to. They need to have a big death. If it's not him, then it's Tony Stark. I don't. I but think I. He's I the, feel like Tony Stark's the guy you can bring back just yeah, I was for say, I think little he's spots the safest, here and there. <clears throat> he's the safest to come back in cameos since because they've done it effectively. I mean, technically speaking, Captain America is in Spider-Man: Homecoming, but that's it's true. Not, it's not the same thing. <laughs> he's also in Thor too, right? When they're walking through the hallway and. Uh, Loki turns into Captain America for a second Does and he? then changes back. I don't remember that part, but yeah. I have. Oh, Thor 2. I never saw Thor 2. Oh, you haven't seen That's Thor 2? You said Thor 2, so I just immediately, my mind goes to Ragnarok because I never Thor saw Thor 2. Thor 2, Dark Country or whatever. <clears throat> I can't remember <laughs> what it's called now. Dark yeah. Territory. The the Undiscovered Country. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Dark Territory, isn't that a, it's a Seagal. What is yeah, it I a, think. It's one of uh, the, the it one with the train. It's Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Yeah. I don't want to know. It's Thor 2, Dark Territory. It's got Catherine Keigel in it as his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> I should watch that eventually. I mean, I, I'm. I don't know that I'm it's necessary. That picky, I saw it. So, it's funny now. Seagal kind of. I think I, I heard this on like the Sklars. Should have the podcast, but he kind of chooses rules now. Uh, like, can I do this while I'm sitting in a chair? Yeah, I've heard him. They, they, <laughs> that gag they pull on, uh, on their podcast. It's per- it's a perfect joke though. They're, you can just see him totally filling the Is that Dan the entire Dan Kirk movies. that does their Seagal? No, I don't think so. I think it's uh, 
on the YouTube. Jason or Nash, I think. I think so. Either, regardless, they, I, mean, I mean, the people who do character work on their podcasts do very good character work. Uh, who is it that does uh, Jesse Ventura? I like, love who, the best. Whoever Jesse does Jesse Ventura. Ventura does a very good job. I know the guy. I've met it's him. It's not I just, just the voices, but the right bit, the bits are really good. But with the the thing they stumbled into with Jesse Ventura that I like is his website, the www.wwe.com, and that's where you'll find the truth about who killed the ultimate warrior, McMahon. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh crap! We didn't use Magic Mike. Ultimate how did warrior. how did I, uh, uh, how did Jesse Ventura get through here without using Magic Mike? <laughs> the mic has a mind of its own. I uh, I Naughty actually Mike. I for the first time partook in um, every every year. A lot of people do the thing where they change their uh, their Twitter name to a spooky name. I saw yours this today. year. Yeah. I will be I Doll Bear. Doll Bear. And uh, whenever oh, I think. Undertaker. All I ever think of when I think of Paul Bearer is a specific area from just looking at the camera. Ultimate Warrior, holding the urn. Yeah, holding the urn. When the he turned, like, when I he turned on the other Undertaker and joined mankind. <laughs> I always just think of specific eras. I think of uh, when I think of the Ultimate Warrior. Most of the time, I think of him holding things up in front of his head while he does his his face while he does his promos. The Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Will the warriors come down and give me the power to face you, Hulk Hogan? Do you remember Ultimate Warrior's big run-in with Undertaker? Yeah. They locked him in the... Locked him up in the the casket. Claw his way out. That was... It kind of coincided with Papa Shango when they they made uh, Ooze come out of the Ultimate Warrior's head. You ever I, see I that don't one? I remember that. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, one. Papa Shango was doing uh, some mumbo jumbo. Such a rich and, history. <laughs> and Specifically, this the black ooze Papa started Shango. coming out from the Ultimate Warrior's head, like they what, like, they were, for, like the Fifth Element thing. Yeah, they like ran tubes up into his hair, so you couldn't see it. And then somebody was like squeezing, and this black goo started coming down his forehead what's and this, onto what's his this face. Pre or post? Who? Which? Who was ripping off who? <laughs> oh, this is. Early nineties, like ninety one, ninety two, two at the latest, probably. This is before way, Fifth Element. What was that in the Fifth Element? I've never seen Fifth Element. To be no honest. kidding, I've never seen it. It's another one of those I always on, meant to put do it, it on your list. Uh, All right, I'm I think that would down. be a decent follow up to uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Is like batshit insane movies. I know that's where we got Chris Tucker from. No, we got Chris. We got Chris Tucker. From well, he Friday. was in Friday too. Yeah. But that was kind of his big star-making role right there. Was it? I think so. I think that was before Friday. Yeah, I, I love Friday came out in like 95, yeah, right? Yeah, 95 or 96? His, Friday was his breakthrough. Well, I mean, if you, I think I Fifth Element I, was his breakthrough. It's hard for me to think of it because I have always loved the movie Friday. So when you say that's Chris where, Tucker's breakthrough role, I'm going to go to Friday. That's where By Felicia comes from. Yeah. By yeah. Felicia. By Felicia. But uh, he was in that. And then, then sh- shortly, I assume, thereafter, like... He, his big thing that he hung his hat on was the Rush Hour movies. Yeah, the first one actually was pretty good. The second one was okay. The third one, by the time the third one came around, I just watched that like five months ago probably. It was in my Netflix queue as far as like discs. I, I, I still get the, discs. I don't think I saw it. It's the not one. good. It's really not. Chris Tucker burned too bright. The stunts aren't as fun. The 
they don't have the chemistry they had in the first one. It's what just, movie do you think Jackie Chan finally decided I can't really, I cannot destroy my body like this anymore, or, or has that never stopped? I didn't see the. Uh, I don't know that I could pinpoint it, but is it called the Foreigner. Was that the? Oh one? yeah, I never saw that it, with Pierce Brosnan to, in it. Right? I wanted to see that, and never got around to it. Now I, I mostly I kind of wanted to see. Was like, what is? How physical can Jackie Chan get anymore? I bet he can get pretty physical. He's in his sixties now, but unless the arthritis is really bad, but well, I mean, I would, obviously he keeps himself in excellent shape, and he does yoga and but all he's, that. He's stuff. hurt himself so badly so many times. Yeah. But I mean, you kind of your body gets used to it after a while. Like you watch NFL players, and they can take hits that I haven't played football in fifteen years since since my daughter was born. So probably sixteen years. So if I got hit the way I did back then, I mean, partially because I'm older, but also because my body's not used to it, it would mess me up pretty bad. But when your body is used to getting those hits. And doing those movements. No, but you get you get later in life, like specifically NFL players. A lot of like, I think it's famous. Bo, Bo Jackson had recently said that if he if he knew what he was going to feel like now back then, he never would have done it. Yeah, but Bo was a his injury was crazy. Like his uh, hip got dislocated. The guy was tackling him, and the hip actually dislocated. And when it did, it like severed a bunch of stuff. It like tore all of the cartilage and stuff out, and they didn't have the technology to properly uh, look at it and know what to do. Well, no. so it healed wrong, and that's part of what his problem was. But I'm thinking about NFL players who get the best medical care, and even then, it seems they get like it most... while they're playing. Once they're done, they don't get anything. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is most ath- most professional athletes like when they get hit. If there's a whiff of injury at all, it seems like they run out there like they'll drive an ambulance on the field if they can and well, playing, pull them off I mean, and put NFL slightly different than Jackie. I was just using it. But as that's a, what I'm saying is, and even those guys, a lot of them get older and they've just got all kinds of physical problems. Well, Jackie Chan, it was like he would fall off a scaffolding and they yeah. they couldn't even get up like they just bootlegged a gurney together and got him out there and like you know wrapped him up with you know MacGyvered it. So I I just assume. From from what I think he was the, such I think he was so muscular, and the a lot of the the drops he would take if it was a regular person, it would mess him up pretty bad. But real bad ones. I think it, the one. No, I, always, I know he did, but he also always, was in uh, excellent shape. The one I always think about is I think it was might have been uh, what is it the the leg, drunken master two I think it was uh, armor of the gods. He's supposed to like swing across, and he falls and just ping pongs <laughs> off of this scaffolding, <laughs> and you you just like there's no way he did not just get hurt. And again, you just see guys rush out with a bootleg gurney, and they MacGyver him up, and you know he gives the thumbs up. Or <clears throat> I bet know. he can still do a better job so, than most people that are out there. I I could only assume his body hurts a lot. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And God bless him. He seems like the nicest man in the world. Yeah, he does seem super nice. He had a nice run for a while there. There was late nineties, early two thousands. I saw some video of him in uh, I want to say it was China, but I I don't remember of him receiving some like lifetime achievement award, and a bunch of people he worked with came out and the audience like standing owed him forever, and he just seemed super gracious. It was it was a very feel good thing just to see Jackie Chan happy. That's what I need in my life. I need to wake up and watch videos of Jackie Chan just being. He happy. needs a YouTube channel. Yeah. Hey, Jackie, Inspirational speeches from Jackie Chan. Did you ever see the tuxedo? 
I don't know if I saw the tuxedo. That wasn't a bad movie. Again, it was a again, spy also, movie. Also, a lot of his movies can, a lot of his sort of B tier movies can run together a little bit for me. I came for Jackie Chan. I stayed for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a little JLH in your life. Jennifer Love Hewitt is big in our house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Cindy has, she has a party of, of five. Not Party of Five. She has some Ghost Whisper seasons. Oh, Ghost yeah. Whisper. Yeah, yeah. She's on a new show now, 911. Or maybe it's called something else, but I think it's called 911. I guess I'll have to look into it. It's a Fox show. She's like, a lot of, a lot I think those... she's the dispatcher. Angela Bassett is in it. Ooh. And the guy from, uh, he was in Sports Night and uh, uh, The Dead Show. The, the one, Dead Show? You know, where they, they had like a funeral home on HBO. Uh, I think I know here. Was it Peter Krause or something? Maybe it's a different Six one. Six Feet Under? Maybe it's a different guy. Six Feet Under, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I didn't remember watching it. It, it was the not Dexter De- guy. Dexter came from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not Dexter. I think the I other can one. picture the guy you're talking about. Yeah, I think he's in it too, but a lot of, Angela Bassett's in it. A lot of those people, she's getting work. Uh, I saw Heathers has, what's your name from 90210? Oh, really? Yeah. What, what is Heathers on? Don't know, don't know. Have you I'm seen not. Have you seen uh, anything on the new Sabrina that's coming to Netflix on I want to say the twenty sixth of October? Isn't it like a serious take on it? Yeah, it's serious. Yeah. It's got real. It's going to be more like Buffy. Actually, it looks like. Oh, really? It's going to be more like Buffy. I just yeah, they're fighting monsters and like there's death and murder and stuff like that. It, there's been a I lot. I think it of, seems pretty cool. There's been a lot of like like. I feel like it's going to, I assumed it was going to get that Riverdale treatment. I'm not. It'll, not yeah, it'll probably that. be like Riverdale, but with supernatural stuff in it. Yeah. But it's on Netflix. I can't remember who the ants are. They're, they're British though. I think who plays the ants. I don't know. Are, are they British? Salem? The cat is barely in it. I read it in an article. Are they British Britishing or are they British? Uh, I think they're, I think, uh, the late, she was Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings movies. I think she's one of the ants. Hmm, not sure. You know, she goes, uh, the witch king goes, no man can kill me. And she pulls her helmet off and goes, I am no man. And stabs so. him in the face. I was actually just thinking, I was, just I love that scene. Today, That's one of my favorite parts of that whole trilogy. I was just thinking today that it's time to go back to and watch the trilogy again. I have not watched it in a lot of years. Oh really? I haven't either. I, I mean, I watched the Hobbit movies the last few years. Ooh, do we have to talk about how you feel about the, about those? I think if it had been one movie, it would have been really cool. Sure. I, I'm there's there's parts that I like in all of them and maybe even two movies but they drug it out for too long there's they're so long they they're are so long. long with so much extraneous stuff they are long it's so much extraneous stuff and things that I really wanted to see like the riddling with Gollum seemed to go by so fast yeah that's just it just seemed familiar I guess I don't know because you'd already seen parts of it or a different version of it in was it uh, the first one? Was it Fellowship where you see a yeah. very short little bit of Gollum? Uh, yeah, yeah, you just it. you just kind of see his eyes. We need it, stupid fat hobbits. <laughs> you know, I just I spit saw, a little bit. I oh, that was the magic I... mic. That wasn't me. <laughs> the magic mic speaks through you. The magic mic. I think it, I I could have sworn I saw a promotion for Heather's today with Shannon Doherty on it, though I'm not really seeing her in the. Well, good for her because she was fighting cancer. Yeah. So No, that's cool. I, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they just got her to promote it. I have. At, at any rate, Heather Heather's becoming. I'm gonna look up uh, Sabrina real quick while we're doing that. 
Let's talk a little Rosie Perez. Ooh. Rosie Perez is going to be in the Birds of Prey movie. I, mean, I don't know that I've ever liked anything Rosie Perez has been in, but I, I'm always happy to see Rosie. A white Man Can't Jump. She was hilarious in that. I don't think I, I don't think Rosie or excuse me Rosie Perez. I don't think White Men Can't Jump was ever going to be for me. Maybe I could go back and enjoy it now because I love Wesley Snipes. You don't like some Woody Harrelson Wesley Snipes action? I was not latched on to Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson hadn't. He, he was still the guy from Cheers to me. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Speaking of Wesley Snipes, we've we've begun our Halloween time movie cavalcade. Let's do it. With we watched Blade last weekend. Uh, the movie that I adore. How's it hold up? Oh, it, it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It does. It, I I don't need to be asked how it's held up because I've never stopped watching it. I really like. Hey, Craig, I like this. I like Blade. Before I, we get too far into Blade, you want to know who who uh, are in this uh, Sabrina reboot? Sure, sure. Why not? Lucy Davis. Do you know who she is? She's in the British Office. She's uh, also. Uh, no. Steve Trevor's assistant in Wonder Woman. I did. I remember really liking her. Okay. Yes. She's going to be Hilda. Aunt Hilda. I'm not super familiar with the uh, pantheon of Sabrina characters. Like, is Casper going to show up? Oh, wait, no, that's not Sabrina, is it? I think Hilda is the one that was uh, the, Caroline Ray. What's that? Uh, so she's the funny one. What and pro- Zelda is Miranda Otto. She's kind of the more serious aunt. I didn't know much. Miranda Otto's the one from Lord of the Rings. But you also get some Bronson Pinchot in there. Ooh, I'd be happy to see (laughs) Bronson Pinchot. I've seen him in a celebrity cooking thing. Worst Cooks in America he was on. So you get get some Bronson Pinchot and Michelle Gomez, who played Missy in The Doctor Who. uh, When uh, it was the season with, uh, oh my Uh, gosh. Who's the last? Peter Capaldi. Oh, yeah, she was Missy. She was basically the master brought back. Like you know how you know how when the doctor uh, regenerates, but not a, a bunch about it. Well, it's been the so lore like, is unfortunately a lot of the Doctor Who stuff. Like it, if I were to try and get caught up on Doctor Who, I'd have to completely start over again. The lore was if a Time Lord commits suicide, they switch sexes or something like that. Is that what I don't have? know if that is that I, why we have the female one now? I'm not sure because I haven't finished that season. Yeah. I'm still on the last Capaldi season, but they might have just thrown out that out the window too. But the the master came back as Missy, and it was kind of mysterious who this Missy character was. Hmm. But it, you find out later it's it's the master. It's just a new version of the master. But she's great in in the Doctor Who, so great. she'll be in it too. So there's some um, cast for you. I don't know that Sabrina is necessarily up my alley, but you know, I'm gonna be, watch it. Might be something that you know we can in, the the family to enjoy together. And you said that's gonna be on Netflix. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's at least a close to Buffy, I'm gonna like it. I haven't looked at, I haven't looked into it yet, but I think Castlevania is coming back pretty soon on Netflix. Is it uh, anime? Yeah, it's an anime one. They did it. Oh, okay. They did a, a quote unquote season one that was just four episodes, and I really liked it. Huh. It's, Maybe I'll it's, check it out. It's brutal and bloody, but. Uh, as an adaptation, I think it's really good, and I'm I'm looking forward to more of that. Speaking of vampires, I interrupted Blade. Blade, back uh, to Blade. Blade. Blade's great. Wesley Snipes is so good in it. He is so good, and uh, you know I, I need a I need a Blade documentary. I need to. I would like to parse out the things that were written for him to do, and things like was the fist pump something they told him to do, or was it like <laughs> I think it would be very Blade if I fist pumped right now. I do that when I fart sometimes. 
I'll just do the bring the bring the arm in. Okay, so it's not a it's not a celebration. It's a drawing it out of you. Yeah, it's more like a, hey everybody, see this arm. That is a watch as it happens. That is a pro dad move yeah. right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that I kind of got out of this viewing was Chris Christopherson's Whistler. Uh, if he has any more than maybe three or four sentences, he kind of <laughs> he kind of stinks. Specifically on exposition stuff. Uh, shortly after the the young lady who I guess I need I, we're probably gonna watch Blade Two. Gabe didn't really care for Blade, but he's willing to go for Blade Two. But uh, the young lady who is uh, I'm forgetting her name now. Who is the character opposite Blade? I don't. She doesn't come back for the second one, does she? I don't remember. I haven't seen any of the Blades for 20 in my, years. I, oddly enough, for how many times I've seen it, for some reason in my memory, I thought she had died at the end of this. I think I'm just thinking of Blade 2. There was a Blades TV series like 10 years ago, right? Is there a Blade TV series? On like Spike TV or oh. something, I think. Could have. I, I will end be... I've never seen it. I just kind of remember it. I'm endlessly fascinated with what properties came and went with as TV shows. <laughs> like every once in a while that there you find out that there was like, you know, who knows what... There was like a, you know, I, I don't know, I'm tripping all over myself. The point being, Chris Christopherson, like, when they get to points where they come back and he's, you know, Blade's working on something, Chris Christopherson is telling us, like, yes, he's been out there taking on them suckheads. <laughs> Just so you know, since you asked, I wanted to tell you that the vampires got my wife. I didn't tell you how I got away, but I did, <laughs> and since then, I've hated vampires, in case you were wondering. It just... <laughs> There's no real... He's like the country janitor. It's it's like sentences. <laughs> it's like run-on sentences. Just no periods. He just kind of talks in a row. It's like he was trying to be Jeff Bridges. Before Jeff Bridges became but, the Jeff Bridges but, that we yeah, know now. Yeah, yeah. It's the prequel to Jeff Bridges. Proto Bridges. <laughs> but that's not Prior to take too Bridges. much away. Like, he looks really good in it for the character. He, you know, it, it, the short thing, some of the quips that he has, great. Just... It was weird watching at that time and listening to him talk and going like, "Oh, he's not really not really telling this story very well." But uh, hmm. so far, you know, Halloween's off to Blade. Uh, I've suggested I'd kind of like to watch The Shining with the family. The Shinin? Which a slight comedy of that of I was I was trying to pitch The Shining on Cindy and she was like, uh, "That movie's a little brutal." And it, through talking, found out that she was mistaking The Shining for Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> thought about it I'm like you know I think that's a that's an understandable mistake if if you're not really right ultra familiar with either of the movies like um, I, I think you yeah you know, they're both about creepy guys yeah one one's creepier what do you think is creepier though Jack Nicholson or honestly I haven't seen you, either of them in a long time coach. I haven't seen either of them in a long time I would say I would say but there's there's a lot more outside elements that make uh you know, Silence of the Lambs, creepy specifically. I'm gonna make a motion at you right now, and you this will this will bring up feelings. If if you've seen you've seen Silence of the Lambs, right? Yes. So if I go like this, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's well, creepier, that or tucking? For the <laughs> tuck and roll. The tucking, the tucking is actually, I think, is funny. <laughs> and also, uh, what's that? What's that actor's name? I'm skipping on right now. Something Levine. Right, or the I, I want to say Sam Levine, but that's not. Just no, it's a, not Sam, Le- Sam Levine. It's a 
Ted Le- Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Yeah. Also, I really like him as an actor. So he rubs the lotion on its skin. No, that moment. Okay, for those of you in the audience, I made a throwing motion at Travis. <laughs> that scene is creepier because there's no the the actor you attach it to is Jodie Foster, which you kind of feel it's disgusting for the character and you probably kind of feel sorry for Jodie Foster <laughs> having to have that done to her even if it's fake <laughs> but between the two I, I haven't seen either of them in quite a long time so as specifically I haven't I think I only saw The Shining once a long time ago so I've never seen it I, I can tell you it's a very good movie Is it? I mean I've seen so many <clears throat> scenes from it yeah. I mean, I saw Ready Player One. I feel like I've seen The Shining. That scene, that was the scene that made me think I, I kind of want to watch that movie again, which is a weird thing to say because it's a very <laughs> super stylized thing of it. Yeah. But uh, that that was one of the parts of Ready Player One that I, I did actually like you a did? lot. It was, okay. I, I thought that was a pretty, um, a pretty cool way to make that video gamey. So Blade holds up? Blade super holds up. Oh, I'm going to have so to check it out again. To... I know it's coming out to stream somewhere. I just can't remember where. I'm trying to think of what other Halloween movies I want to throw. Because, you know, we're watching it as a family, so I don't want to go too hard or too... Even to some degree, Gabe's old enough now. I don't want to go too soft. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to Hocus Pocus, but I don't know if we're going for... Hocus Pocus is great. Man. I don't know if we're Sarah Jessica Parker for... is so good in that. I don't know that we're necessarily going for family friendly if we're going more for we kind of want to be scary but not get too rough. <laughs> Focus Focus just brings back like the feeling of when you were young going. Yeah. When Halloween was still cool to you. I might not have ever even seen Hocus Pocus. I feel really? like Hocus Pocus is up there with uh, License to Drive of movies that were being watched around me so often uh, that I kind of absorbed them by osmosis at some point. Yeah, I've got a bunch of those too. My sister used my sister and her friend when we were teenagers. Uh, assist, her and her friend would get together and just watch License to Drive over and over and over again all day. And that has a like, Heather Graham in it, right? She's the I think Heather Graham is the girl in that. I don't remember. In the Corys, the two Corys. Might be right. There's yeah. definitely the two Corys. <laughs> but uh, so I kind of want to a movie that I've never seen a horror movie. Um, why am I blanking on? Oh, Event Horizon. I saw that. How bad is that on the scary scale? It was. I, w- I will also I think admit, Alien I'm a is scarier. Coward. I think Alien is scarier. Alien is really scary though. Too. Yeah, I didn't think Event Horizon was that scary. Because I've always wanted to. see I mean, it. it's been a long time since I've seen it. I've always wanted to see it, but I am also a gigantic coward. I don't remember it. Be- I mean, it's a little scary, but it's not too bad. I mean, I, I definitely know Sam Neill pops his eyes out in it. I don't even remember that part. Yeah, the where we're going, we don't need eyes kind of thing. <laughs> or roads. <laughs> so we're at, we're at a, a minute, not a minute, an hour seven. Hokey, smoky, artist. So should we do another one or should we do a, a lightning round of some stuff in this? Sure, we can do lightning round. All right. Hey, hit me where it hurts. All right, let's do uh, Michelle Williams is going to play Christy McAuliffe in a Challenger movie. What are your thoughts? <sighs> That's one of the traumatic things from my childhood. Did I don't know. I went to school in Draper for yeah. elementary school. Oh, we were watching it. Oh, you were watching it too? Yeah. yeah, we watched it live, and I just remember going, is that supposed to happen? I don't. I know I definitely found it to be a very sad thing. I don't know if it was really traumatic. I, it should have been it traumatic. It stayed with me, so I would yeah, consider that traumatic. Me. It stayed with me. It was, it was weird, but I wouldn't say it haunted me. 
It's always it's it's, well, it's always kind it's of neither here nor there. It's more you know me being a sociopath at a young cage. I wonder if it's going to be kind of like a Apollo thirteen type thing of everybody on the shuttle, or if it they're half and half like people back down, or if it's going to be the events guess, that happened afterward. And the, I guess I'll, I'll is be. It, is it going to be like the uh, Sully Sullenberger movie <laughs> where? they show it happening over and over again. And then they kind of cut back and say, well, these people screwed up here and this was the problem there. I wonder what it's going to be. I guess I'll just be more interested right now to hear about, I mean, you're saying that they're making this, I'll be interested to hear where they're going with it because I, as far as the challenger goes, I know a very specific part of that story. So, uh, you know, I get, I'll be interested to see what it is. I remember on nine 11, I was like, this is bigger than the Challenger exploding. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> and it was. I was right. And I haven't Sometime, forgotten. One might say we've been encouraged to never forget about <laughs> 9-11 in a way that they didn't necessarily encourage us with the Challenger. That's true. That just stuck with me. Also, also no one drove anything into the Challenger. That's true. So. Well, the Challenger drew, drove into history. And scene. Uh... <laughs> There's a new Star Wars TV show coming yeah, out directed man. by John Favreau. Is it is it just the called Mandalorian? The Mandalorian? Yeah, I think so. Boy, that's um, I was initially I was initially a little I don't know I have up and down feelings about it because the truth of the matter is the story is probably going to be about a reluctant Mandalorian who is eventually talked into being the savior of all the Mandalorians. It sounds like it's a western. Yeah. So it should be good. We saw that picture of it and I. I'm a sucker for that. I saw that picture. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to watch that. Boba Fett and Jango Fett always looked super cool, but they never actually did anything. Yeah. Yeah. They never actually did anything in the movies. So this is probably going to be the coolest Mandalorian on screen. It's kind of unfortunate there in my lifetime. I've witnessed Boba Fett backlash in the, he was the most popular character. Right. And then, and they did so little with him. They did so little with him. I guess when I was growing up, I loved Boba Fett, and I didn't really think too much about how dumb his demise was. Yeah, <laughs> and Boba then Fett. I got older, and people started Boba pushing Fett. it. It's in the same way people push, like, what was the plan in Jedi? Like, well, <laughs> it's not as fun when I think about it that way. Right. So, hey, I'm up for the Mandalorian. I'm excited for it. John uh, Favreau. We looked does that great up, stuff. and there were lots of interesting directors. Uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, who else? Do you remember some of those? Some of those people have to be in the cast, right? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was one of them. Again, I will say, hmm, someone with the last name Howard. How did they? How did they get a high profile job on a Star Wars movie directing? I can't. Uncle George made it happen. Out, yeah. <laughs> Uncle George. Dad Ron made it happen. <laughs> Well, I mean, Uncle George still has a little bit of leeway. He's got some he, voice, in, if nothing else. Generally speaking, anytime they talk to Uncle George, he's just kind of whiny about the whole thing. Uh, well, back when I was in charge of Star Wars. Uh, they had uh, Dave Filoni. Who did you say? Where did you say? Dave, Dave Filoni was the guy behind uh, Clone Wars oh, and yeah. Rebels. Well, that so, seems like a good Yeah, he, he's a good storyteller. And uh, Rick Fam- Famuyiwa? Famuyiwa. Ooh, poor me. Rick I mean, Famuyiwa. that sounds... I'm not familiar with that. Sounds name. maybe New Zealand or Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Maybe may, he might be the Mandalorian. I don't know. I don't yeah. even know the these cast. Are, these are people that are supposed to be have directing stuff in the show. Okay. And uh, Deborah Chow, who I'm not familiar with as well. I should. I mean, if there's 10 episodes, you can have 10 different directors. Sure. So I'm up for it. 
Ooh, so have they said anything about... So this is going to be a television program. Is it going to be on Disney streaming service? Yes. I don't want Disney streaming yes. service. I don't want it. I'm going to get it. I don't want it. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, there is, and that's why I don't want it. Oh. I'm sick of the splintering of, <laughs> of uh, streaming services. Like The funny thing is, is we're, living in, we're living in the era of watching TV programs that are advertising you, cut the cable, where we're also right. living in the era where those streaming services are coming becoming the reason we stopped wanting cable but that was the plan of me cutting the cables i knew eventually all these things because there was only five channels i watched anyway i don't i don't like property holders making their own like the idea of netflix obviously you know was right. a great thing although it's netflix has become more of its own thing than that mm-hmm. so i'm okay with hulu i'm relatively okay okay with amazon when you get into these splinter things like stars has their service right uh, is it CBS that has CBS has the service that you only want for one thing, which is the Star Trek show that maybe people know or don't know is happening. I got it when uh, it was after year or season one of Supergirl. Because so I was on a panel, a DC panel, and I needed to catch up CBS? on Supergirl. It was oh. the first season and maybe the second too. Where to go? It was W. It's on CW now, yeah. CW. WB. No, it's a CW. Is the the frog still over there? (laughs) No, they kicked the frog out. They fried him up. They served him. Doc Uh, Hoppers took took the frog. And now this with Disney, like. But I didn't like the CBS one. It was not good. It took forever to load up. It also showed commercials during it, which bothered me. Yeah, but you get the C. Do you have the CD uh, CW app? No, No. So that's free. You can watch anything that's on CW on this app like the very next day the problem is it it still shows commercials Mm. and they only keep five at a time so like last year the reason i got behind on all of the dc shows and also supernatural is because i would get behind on them on like hulu or whatever but they weren't on hulu last year but they would keep five episodes so i would kind of bank them so i could watch a few at a time except they would repost any reruns as a new episode <laughs> so it would, it would kick an episode that i missed off and after a couple of those i'm like all right well i'm just gonna wait till it shows up on netflix yeah, and I, catch up over the summer I, li- I like as close as i can get to like i like the idea of something like a netflix like a hulu having sort of a pantheon of you know uh, content i don't like the idea of something like disney saying we're gonna take all. We're gonna take our gigantic ball, mm-hmm. and you have to only cater to Disney. Well, speaking of catering, we can get into some DC stuff <laughs> for the DC streaming. They've already renewed tit- uh, Titan season two. Titan season two. That's coming. Even, even more Batman effing. Yeah, even though the it hasn't even premiered yet. So, but they already ordered a season two of that. There was a new casting for Doom Patrol. Uh, Matt Bomer is going to play Negative Man. If you don't know who Matt Bomer is, he was Bryce Larkin in Chuck. He was also in Suits. Really good actor. Uh, But I was looking at the cast. They've also got Alan Tudyk. Old double donger. We talked about Robot Man is Brendan Fraser, which is cool because we both like Brendan Fraser. But yeah, Alan Tudyk is playing Mr. Nobody. One of the more more, uh, likable people in the universe alan tudyk yeah i bumped into him at comic-con a couple years ago actually in the hallway yes i I was like hey jake says hi he's like tell hey tell jake i appreciate him uh timothy dalton is also in it i'm generally pretty happy to see timothy dalton who was also in chuck yeah (laughs) yeah last time i remember seeing timothy dalton was in oh is is he the one that he's in hot fuzz right yeah god he's so good in hot fuzz yeah 
He's in Hot Fuzz. Uh, what else? He was in something else recently too. I can't remember. You say he was but, in something else. I'm like, ah, there's this really uh, James famous Bond. thing. My Thomas probably Bond my did. two least favorite James Bond movies to be actually, to be honest they're with you. They're weird. They're they're like the Alien Three of the James Bond franchise. License to Kill is the worst. Is it? I think it's the worst James Bond movie because it was trying to be like a 80s serious cop movie. It was trying to be Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, but Lethal Weapon at least had some humor in it. Mm-hmm. The only good thing in License to Kill is. A Benicio del Toro. Is he in that? <laughs> he's like I a henchman. Seen those movies he's a so henchman. Long. He's like, he says something. He says it weird. He's like, you gonna go on your honeymoon? Like, <laughs> that sounds very Benicio del Toro. And then he gets pushed into something that grinds up cocaine, and he gets ground up <laughs> like that. Anyway, yeah. Timothy Dalton is playing uh, still chief. No word, still no Danny the Street word yet, huh? No Danny the Street. Oh, yeah. Do the right thing, DC. And then Kaylee Kuko, is it Kuko or Kawaku? I don't know. I, from uh, Big Bang Theory, she's going to be Harley Quinn. She's going to voice Harley Quinn in in some movie. Legit, I saw I that coming. But well, also, they're doing they're do so they're doing so much double duty. They've got that they they've got two Joker movies, two versions. Which of, I don't think yeah. we talked about the uh, uh, what's his name. Um, better, I think better version of Jared Leto. Uh, better version of Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix oh, okay. is like Joaquin Phoenix is like the version of Jared Leto who's actually good at it. Yeah, I think it should be a good movie. The problem is, I've, it looks when, weird. it looks real weird. Although I did find out the the uh, the other version of the Joker have a version of that paint kind of. They have like masks that are like that. Oh really? Like um, huh. yeah, the Heath Ledger, the original mask he was wearing has that same paint on it. And I saw a picture uh, of like. Well, that's smart. Yeah bring back something that so, triggers something. Initially somebody. when I saw him, I'm like, ooh, that looks dumb. But then when I saw it reference, I'm like, hmm, that's, that's an interesting way to go. I think having all these different version of characters is... He's wearing a you know colorful suit, looks like Paula th- Poundstone picked well, out for him. I think it makes people not care as much. If you watch, that's the difference between DC and Marvel right now is DC, there's a hundred different people that play Batman in animated voiceovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tons of different people have been Batman or Superman. And they're doing that with live action now. I mean, it's one thing with animation. There is kind of only one true Batman voice actor for the animated. Same thing with Joker. I know, but in all these uh, movies, which are most of them are pretty good, they've all got different uh, actors playing Bruce Wayne. I guess it's more of like in the animated, they have Splendor off things for different stories. But I think it's... I don't know what it is about that. It's acknowledged that there's kind of a prime version of it. And I don't think that with the film, with the film, they're able to, especially since Jared Leto's one is so terrible. Well, yeah. And that's kind of, why well, have two different jokers at the same did, time? Seeing as they did Batfleck in that one, they've kind of acknowledged that that's the, the Joker. Although I don't know. I think, I think I had, I had a while where I thought maybe, um, his version of the Joker is actually Jason Todd. I think that, that's a fan theory that was out there that kind of made sense that he was... I don't dislike that. I, w- I really I, don't. I wouldn't say I dislike that except for that character sucked really bad. <laughs> yeah, it did suck. But that would explain why he so, sucked so bad. Maybe that's the thing that they're going to splinter. You're going to figure out is they're doing this Joker origin movie and that's where you find out that really Jared Leto's character is just Jason Todd. That would be cool if they actually brought something together and created a universe. I would be, I would have to begrudgingly admit that that's decent. Yeah, that would at least ties loose ends together. And then one so more, that Joaquin one's still out there. 
one more uh, DC thing. And I've never seen Krypton because I don't, I don't have sci-fi. But apparently they're bringing Lobo in for season two. <laughs> Lobo. Boy, Lobo's, Lobo's uh, DC's Deadpool kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. Except, I don't know. He's not as funny. Yeah. He tries to be as funny. Oh, you mean, you mean the DC thing that, that <laughs> is kind of the version of the Marvel thing that's just not quite as good? Like, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like DC to me. So that's happening. One thing, we'll, we'll talk about a couple more things and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, you just watched the Daredevil season three trailer. Yeah, that came out today. I believe it, it was lo- today. It looks perfectly fine. I'm I'm a little surprised that they don't. It didn't feel like it was. I mean, it's just like you know, first season's first season, second season introduces the Punisher stuff and the Elector mm-hmm. stuff. This season feels like more of a continuation of season one than anything. I wonder because you find out there's a there's a fake Daredevil. Yeah. I'm I saw a picture that I, when I was looking for the the, the thing, it, ha, it had, when I found the link for the trailer, there was a, a picture of um, Bullseye. Oh, okay. It, so I don't know if it's Bullseye dressed up as Daredevil. You know, because what? he did. Th- I can't believe he I threw didn't the pick up on that possibility. He threw the stick and he and the Daredevil caught it. I am actually finding myself super surprised that I didn't pick up on that. So I'm wondering if it's bullseye. Yeah, you know what? You, you know, you're probably right. And then that that makes it make a lot more sense. Which looks, could looks did, fine. I fell off. I I fell off on uh, the Marvel Netflix stuff. Just it started. I think it was around Iron Fist. I fell off, and it just started piling up. Like Iron Fist happened, then shortly after that, uh, Defenders happened. Right, and I was still pretty burned on Iron Fist. So seeing him be in something else, like, Ugh. and then another season of Jessica Jones, another season of Luke Cage. I watched another Iron episode Fist. of Jessica Jones. It's when they go back to her childhood house. Oh yeah, You're, yeah. That's a ways into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm almost done. It David, just takes David a while. Tennant is really good He's in that. So good. It's creepy as hell, but he is really good. And she was trying to make him a hero. Well. She seeing was trying if to he force was, him to do good things. Yeah, force him to good, do good things. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to turn out. Everybody else does because they've seen season two already as well. I, I'm still I, in season one. I am I'm the man who never catches up on TV. So let's wrap up with a, a couple more of your Halloween movies. And then we will talk. We'll, so uh, we'll jump into the magic mic. To, you know, like I said, I want to shoot for uh, want to shoot for the shinning. Um Beyond that, I'm having a you know, I might pitch Event Horizon though. I think that one might be a little explicit. I would love to watch Alien, but I think that's too much for you or for Gabe. For for Gabe and <laughs> probably even for Cindy. You know what? Cindy gets scared pretty good. My daughter watches like The Conjuring and stuff. Like I can't, I can't do it. And seeing, I, I'm not really even interested in watching those. I don't like devil stuff. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just in a place where I'm trying to think of some classic stuff. We're, we're definitely going to go see the new Halloween one. Oh, out. I know that I'm looks really so excited. good. I'm really excited. I love that. when he pulls the mask out of the bag. <laughs> when you <laughs> see <laughs> Michael Myers just standing there yeah. in the middle of the courtyard. I. Oh. I it's it's so brutal, but I kind of like the whole thing where you see the hand come up over the stall and just like drop a bunch of teeth. <laughs> That's a really scary, uh, clever way of being scary. I think. Yeah. No, but that I'm should really be good. For that. It looks psychologically scary, which yeah. I think and, is and I I have is always, what makes something last. I have always adored Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Ever since uh, Fish Called Wanda, I've always like just I love anything she's in. I mean, maybe. She had a nice run like 10 years ago, like Parent Trap. No, not Parent Trap, uh, 
Freaky Friday. Was it? The, she killed those, it. Yeah. Did you ever see that Freaky Friday? Nah. Dude, she killed that Freaky Friday. Uh, True Lies. Oh, yes. True Lies. But, yeah, I really like her, so I'm excited for that. I'm still, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not sure what to go to. We watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street a year or two ago and had fun with that. Maybe we'll visit a few more of those. Maybe I think the Leprechaun movies are on Amazon Prime. You know what? I might, you know, maybe we'll do a Leprechaun. <laughs> it's definitely going to be bad. Maybe we'll... Maybe we'll dip our toes in a Friday the 13th. I don't know. It's got Warwick Davis. But um, He liked a tweet that I put out. Oh, yeah? Actually, I commented on something that he posted. Tell him, bring, and back, he liked the, it. bring back the wizard. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest. I, I was just it, like, is that what Warwick that show Davis called? liked it. Is that what that show was called? The Wizard? The Wizard. There was a brief show, uh, I want to say late 80s, where he played a guy, I think he was a rich guy who... He, had like toys he would solve crimes with toys and i also remember there was a thing where he had a really bad sweet tooth this actually rings a bell to me so we're close to the end so i don't want to you know explore that too much but (laughs) that's one of those short-lived tv shows research warwick davis i'm writing it down warwick davis wizard yeah this is gonna be big news on the next episode we've definitely gone long so Unless you got anything else you want to hit, we should probably well, close her down. We got to use the magic mic. We invested a million dollars into it. We have magic to do mic. magic mic. I was wondering, I would like to summon, since we brought him up, could we talk to Bronson Pinchot as cousin Balky? Uh, <laughs> we can see if he's available. He might be filming uh, Sabrina the, right now. Rub the magic mic. All right. I got to say the magic words. Everybody plug your ears. Strawberry shortcake, banana split. We think your team plays like shift to the left, shift to the right. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. I want to do... Yeah, my fingers are still in my ears. Okay, go ahead and unplug your, your ears now, Jake. Go ahead and unplug I those. I didn't think everybody, everybody at home... Ears, I don't know what you're saying. Are you telling me to unplug me? Oh, everybody at home, unplug your ears, okay. Jake. Unplug your ears. Okay. Wait, you, you just said you... What, my ears are plugged, so I didn't hear you, but I think I read your lips and you said you have to think about what Cousin Balky sounds like. That doesn't sound like magic to me. Cause, well, he's got to flow through me. He's somewhere else. He's probably filming Sabrina right now. All right. I'm just afraid. Okay. Oh. Hello, I am Cousin Balky. How are oh, you? Oh, Bronson. <laughs> Hello, is Cousin Larry here? Uh, Cousin Larry is not here. Uh we do the dance of joy because cousin Benton, Larry is, is lame. I do not like cousin Larry. My wife. Oh. Oh. Uh oh. Wait a minute. Why? Am I on that show about America? Are you gonna make me? No, I am. I am. I am Balki Bartakumos. Oh, okay. I hey. look like Brian Boitano. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> what uh, would Brian Boitano do? Can, in this in this instance, should I? Re, would you like me to? Can I call you Bronson? Shall I call you? Cousin I would like Balky? to be called Balky. Thank uh, you very much. Balky? Cousin Balky, cousin Balky, or just Balky? Balky. That's what my much. wife calls cousin me. Cousin Balky, uh, how's the how's the taping of Sabrina the Teenage Witch going? It's going very good at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I am on this show. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who Balky, I am. Are you are you cousin cousin Balky? Are you chasing moose and squirrel right now? Mm. No, I already caught them. <laughs> I so, ate them for dinner. 
So, uh, what, what's your We character? went down to the Chicago Tribune, and we wrote a story, because right. that's where we work. Cousin Balky, it sounds right now like you're the Swedish chef a little bit. Cousin Balky <laughs> is... Borga, borga, borga. ...is accent fluid. That means Cousin Balky's <laughs> accent can come in and out. He can change at his whim. So, what character are you in Sabrina? It is still unclear to me. me. They tell me stand here and say this, and I do that. I think I might be a uh, a warlock or a neighbor, one of the two. Are you a muggle or are you a wizard? I I think it's definitely one of those. You're a wizard, Balky. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. No, I uh, I also wanted to ask you about a very specific movie. I'm trying to remember the name of it. You played a guru of some sort in it. Do you remember? Ah, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. No, it was not Beverly Hills Cop. Was I in that one? You you were in Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, I was. I think maybe you were Balky was in that. I think, Cousin Balky, I think you were playing a bad gay stereotype in that movie. Cousin Balky is all about playing bad stereotypes. Oh, the one that I'm thinking of is Second Sight. Second Sight. I think I remember that movie. You were in it for with Dan Fielding. Dan Fielding? Yeah. I don't remember Dan Fielding. Dan Fielding, the guy from Night Court. Oh, Dan Fielding. Why didn't you say so? <laughs> you don't remember that with him? Of Second course. Of very, course. You, your movie's been featured on famous podcasts. Dan Fielding was not Bull and was not Roz and was not Judge and was not John Larroquette. Wasn't Mel Torme either. Was not Mel Torme. Was not Marky Post. Who was Marky Mark? Was not Marky Bronson, Mark. how do you feel about, about Marky Mark's career? I am very proud of Marky Mark. Marky Mark got his start opening for Balky. Did he? Balky, Cousin Larry would drive Balky down to the the YMCA and Balky would put on shows and he would headline shows, he but he needed openers. And Marky Mark Marky and the Mark, Balky Bunch? Marky Mark and the Everyone Wore Suspenders and Lederhosen and we all did the Dance of Joy. He did it in his underwear and he got famous. I suppose so. How do you feel about the whole thing where he like punched a guy till he was blind? Uh... That is true. I was there. I told him, don't hit him so hard. But he did. He, he thought I said he couldn't understand my accent. He thought I, I said hit him harder. You feel about that movie where he had a fake wiener? Uh, no comment. But Balky had a part in that movie, too. Oh. I'm not going to tell you who I stunted for. Oh, well, Cousin Balky. There's a reason I do Dance of Joy. Exclusive. <laughs> cousin Balky hanging low. People don't know, uh, not just Marky Mark hurt man. Uh, rumor is Rock Tory Man's tongue out at one point. So, Balky was not there for that one. That is rumor on street in Chicago where Balky lives. Is this, is this a Chicago You know who accent? told me that? Who told you that? My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Balky, I cast you back to the Phantom Zone. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, How, did Balky show up? Yeah. How was he? I don't know. Did he show up? I don't know. I, you know, it just occurred to me, we could have prank callers because F. Murray Abraham last week said that he was dead. Turns out, I Googled it, F. Murray Abraham maybe, is still alive and with us. he just hadn't got good rest. Yeah, that's true. He did know a lot about Star Trek. I don't know. Maybe, you know, international date thing. Maybe he just hadn't had his coffee yet. That's true. Maybe he don't, meant dead in a different way. Don't wake me before dead, I Dead, tired. Well, I'm glad Balky showed up. I don't think that works. It's almost as if he was totally unexpected and nobody knew he was going to show up. <laughs> well, 
We were all unprepared for Balky. <laughs> it's not the it's the magic mic, not the predictable mic. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. Okay, well, uh, I wish I could have met Balky. Well, you may again. Did cousin Larry in show the up? Future, no, Brian. I, is that Brian Ben Ben? Is that guy the guy his name? I don't know. I just remember he always had a sour face. Yes. He well, always I mean, looked that was put the character. out. That's true. He seemed like a. How did Larry and Balky uh, get those stewardesses to be their girlfriends? Were they? I yeah. remember very little about that series except for his accent that Cousin Larry was kind of a sourpuss and the days do go you, by. Do you remember that uh, Carl Winslow's wife worked at the paper with him? Did she? At know? least the actress. Again, like I said, I remember very I think little. it was in the same universe. I remember themes of Perfect Strangers. I don't necessarily remember actual things going mm-hmm. on in that. I couldn't tell maybe, you. Maybe Steve Urkel will show up I couldn't tell you what anything in particular that happened in any of the episodes. I could only tell you Cousin Balky just didn't get it. Well, I'm going to have to go like... Your cousin Larry was kind of a dick about I'm it. I'm going to have to go watch a Perfect Strangers episode because I think they're on Hulu and see what Balky sounds like because I didn't get to hear him <laughs> and I feel ripped off. I think, you know, I... I think it was really him. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Because we spent a lot of money on this magic mic. <laughs> well, I don't think we'd have to get, spend a lot of money to get Bronson Pinchot, but... That's true. I don't know. He's making that Sabrina money now. Like I said, he was on Worst, worst Cooks in America. So, before we cut out of here, you got anything right. you want to plug? Uh, just uh, go to my uh, social medias. Follow me there. I'm, I'm usually at at least one of the wise guys every weekend and i usually post about that please do go out and see him if you're on facebook we do have a late to the party with travis tate page please please jump in talk to us uh if you would we implore you like and subscribe to the show give us a give us a review i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna get you out there with like give us good reviews Give us reviews. We just love to see what's going on. And uh, if you're listening, please do interact with us. We want to know who's listening and tell us what you like. Because if, if we do something that you like, we want to keep doing it. If you're absolutely dying, you can find me out there on social media, Jake Doll. You can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Doll. Uh, currently, Doll Bear. my Undertaker. We do. If have you're the Australian listeners, I want to know who you are. Also, we've got a lot of listeners in California. I'm going to go to L.A. next year. Let me know who you are. Yeah. Go see him when he's out there. Yeah. We also have an email. If you're out there, later to the tater at gmail.com. I think I've got it all out of there. So, boy, we've reached the finish line for Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I am Jake Dahl, and my buddy over here is... I'm Travis Tate, and guess what? It is better Tate than never. My wife...